You're listening to an FTCR podcast, you boob. Hello everyone, I am FTA and welcome back to another episode of Skype Sanctuary, one of the many dead programs we have on FTCR. I am joined today by uh, Mr. Games Enlisted, uh, Aaron Wester, I forget what his online handle is and I don't care, and the man of the hour, uh, T-Bay. We're here to do a kind of... uh, review kind of of the recently released Marvel Studios slash Sony production of Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, I think most people who follow us will know what a big Spider-Man fan TJ is, so I want to just, um, I'm going to really just pass the mic to him. TJ is going to just explain what he thought about the movie, and then the rest of us will just tell him why he's either wrong or an idiot. Um, and just, just to get this out there, this is going to be a complete spoiler uh, kind of episodes. If you have not seen it, but you have intentions to go and see it first and come back and laugh at TJ. TJ, take it away. Okay, so the more I've thought about this movie, wrong. The more I think this movie is hot garbage. Nope. <laughs> yes, it, it really is. And I, I, no, I, I'm sorry, TJ. I just want to say, you know, um, just just to just to add some context and, and not not to just kick TJ when he's down. But um, I think it, it's, it might be nice to explain that TJ's favorite Spider-Man movie is the Amazing Spider-Man 2 purely because of, of um, that the Spider-Man it and not necessarily the movie around him, which, which I am kind of in agreement with. In the, uh, in the Amazing Spider-Man 2, that is a really damn good Spider-Man portrayal. Um, the movie is is complete shit though, but uh, and I and and uh, TJ also isn't too fond of the Raimi trilogy. But I, if I remember correctly, you did you did like Spider Man in Civil War. Uh, yeah, I thought Spider Man Civil War was okay. Okay, so yes, just to give a bit bit of context that uh, most of TJ's views about the Spider Man movies are terrible. To keep please continue. <laughs> nice. Um, so I think everybody's main concern with the movie prior to actually seeing it was Tony Stark's involvement, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he may not have had a lot of screen time, but I really resented the fact that almost Peter's, all of his motivation in that movie was, I gotta impress Papa Tony. I, I, TJ, as, as, as a rebuttal, I, I believe that is something... Marvel Studios did on purpose um, for the fact that I think I think Tom Holland came out in some interviews and said, unlike previous Spider-Man in movies who don't necessarily have a goal rather than just uh, you know uh, protect the innocent, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming Spider-Man's goal is is to to be an Avenger, and so it kind of gives him a, a a motivation and a plot thread. That previous Spider-Man haven't had, and I, I know you could you can perfectly say you know that you didn't like it and, and you thought it was, it was terrible. But um, I kind of part of me likes the fact that they they did give him something else rather than just I'm going to be Spider-Man because we've seen that in five movies now. And yes, it is it is an integral part of his character. But after five movies, you kind of want to see you want to kind of see something new with, with your hero. Yeah, and it makes sense for the character or for the universe he's in. I've never liked Spider-Man and the Avengers. I think it's cool, like, when the Avengers show up, but, like, having Spider-Man be with the Avengers, it's just, I, like, everything in that universe cent- centers around the Avengers, and I get it, like, that's the universe that they've built, but, yeah, at the same time, you want something different for Spider-Man, but I also want something different for the MCU. I mean... When when you remember that the first issue of Amazing Spider-Man was him trying to join the Fantastic Four, I mean it's not completely a stretch. Yeah, he he uh, get it. To... stretch stretch Mr. Fantastic stretches. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, Stefan. That was unintentional. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Like I just like Spider-Man to be more independent, and the fact that. The entire movie was just him like, I gotta do this so Tony will like me. I'm just like, stop. I I don't want Tony to like you. Well, I think the whole goal of the movie is to show show that, 
yeah, Spider-Man doesn't need anyone. He can be independent. Like, that. that's the goal that the movie's going for. Peter wants to be part of the Avengers. He wants Tony Stark's approval. He wants to be able to do all these grand things. And in the end, the movie's showing that, well, I mean, he doesn't have to. He can stay small and yeah. do do what he thinks is right. Yeah, the movie, the movie ultimately, TJ, the movie ultimately ends how you want him to. He turns that down. That's true. But basically, the the movie's uh, uh, Amy's story in Sonic Adventure One. <laughs> Shut up, Aaron. <laughs> Zero the vulture. Sure. In the same fashion that people get tired of seeing origin stories over and over again when they already know what the origin of the character is. I already know that Spider-Man works better independently, so essentially this was just a waste of a movie. Uh, how dare you? How dare you shit on the legacy of Spider-Man and his amazing friends? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were pretty—they were pretty amazing friends. <laughs> I love Firestar. I, I like Iceman. <laughs> I know you do, TJ. I, I will say though, um, I think one of the one of the more common complaints of the MCU is um, it uh, typically has pretty weak villains. But I think universally, uh, Michael Keaton's performance and the script writing for his role as the Vulture has been pretty universally praised. I actually thought he was one of... Yeah. He's easily one of the best villains in the, MC, the MCU has had. So two things I liked about this movie were Michael Keaton's Vulture... And that five-minute sequence where he's actually on patrol. But he accomplishes nothing in that five minutes of patrol. I don't care. Do a flip. Was... He, he causes more. He causes more damage. He, accompl- he accomplished capturing my heart. <laughs> the lady bought him a churro. Yeah. And Tony Stark remembered. It's just, oh my god! I just there's just so much about this movie that I just did not like. That just just choices that they made that I wish they hadn't. Okay, so so like like what? So TJ, list off then your your top five things you most you know I- ignoring you know Peter Parker having a boner for Iron Man. Um, like what what are the top five things then that you felt they got the most wrong in Homecoming? Uh, okay, one I think, and this is in no particular order. One, I think that the uh, supporting cast for a Spider-Man movie is uh, extraordinarily weak. What? Yeah, uh, weaker than I, the other ones? Ned, I, I, you know, I, I liked them, but I thought Ned Ned got a bit grating after a while. I would have... I would have. You mean Genki? Yeah, Genki. Genki, I thought his name was Ned. His name is Ned, but it's essentially Genki. Yeah, but it's... From yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man. Which, which is a quick, quick, quick tangent here, before you get, get to your point. I know that there's been a few things here, and there was a, there was a slight reference to Miles Morales, the Ultimate Spider-Man, yes, in, yeah. this, in this movie. And I know um, before it was announced, I went back uh, like two years ago or so, when it was announced that Marvel and Sony had struck a deal, for the for a new Spider-Man to be in the MCU, there's a lot of talk about you know people wanting Miles Morales, and uh, you know Miles Morales is a damn great character. I would have been fine if he, if he was chosen, but Peter Parker was chosen, which I think we all knew was going to happen anyway. But it's just like what what is the point of of referencing a Miles Morales? And I think Kevin Feige has said, oh you know maybe he'll turn up at some point when you've you kind of taken so many aspects of his life and just given it to Peter Parker. That that's one thing where I'm just like I I no don't do that because then when you get to Miles Morales you've like one of one of the cornerstones of the Miles Morales book is that friendship, and if you've taken that and given it to Peter then that's a big chunk of of because that was that was a a big difference in the beginning between Miles and Peter Peter never had anyone who knew he was Spider Man Miles relatively early on had had that character oh shit I think I realized what they're doing here. They're going to give Harry Osborne to uh, to Miles. <laughs> they're going to they're going to shoot his uncle, and that's how Miles becomes Spider Man. <laughs> Not Donald Glover, but Air, but but no, but he's a vi- but he's a villain. He's the prowler, and that's how he gets shot. He's prouder than get shot. Donald Donald Glover's great in his five minutes. I wouldn't say he's great. Oh, you wouldn't. Well, I mean, like he, he's great for the fight, like for the short time. It's like because he's he's doing his Donald Glover. Self and Donald Glover's always like great. I you know I I I, I feel like I I know of Donald Glover. I don't think I've seen too much with him, 
And, and uh, Stefan, if, if you if you say this is his acting style, then um, you know that's fine. Maybe it, it works better in other projects. Um, like he just seemed bored. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I he does not like. Did you watch? Um, oh God, Atlanta Community. Oh yeah, I've seen some of Atlanta. I haven't seen it, but yeah, but he's great in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's more of his. That and Community are more of his acting style. He did just look bored in this movie. Which is weird because wasn't wasn't he pushing to be Mark Morales for like a long time? So you he think was, you know? Yeah. Well, well, he he was pushing to be Peter Parker back when they were doing Amazing Spider-Man, and then because of that whole fan thing, that's when Brian, that's when Bendis created Miles Morales, and then he ended up voicing Miles Morales in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. Is, isn't he also voicing him in the? Because I, I, I'm sure. No, he's not voicing him in the animated Spider-Man. Because movie. I, I believe the, the animated movie coming out next year is going to be yeah. about Miles Morales. So maybe, maybe that's Marvel's way of saying he's not in the MCU, but he has his own movie. Yeah, but that that's like a whole that's the, like a whole like different basically reboot. Like that's in a, in a whole universe. He's played by the kid from Dope, and they have uh, another guy playing Aaron Davis. They should tie that universe in in with the Venom movie. That way you can have Spider-Man in it. You'll have an R-rated v- Venom, and then you'll have a, a singing Spider-Man. Perfect! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to it. Um, so yeah, Ned, Ned, I didn't think was that great. Um, Aunt May, surprisingly, like did not shine as well as either Aunt May before her. She didn't really have anything to do. Yeah, she hasn't. Didn't she? She didn't really have that much to do in the film. Her only thing in the movie was just people telling her she's hot. Yep. Which, which. That's the only shtick for the character, and that's the only thing they do with her. It it was kind of funny when Tony Stark did it the first time, just because it's kind of referencing off what he'd said, certain comments he'd made in Civil War. But then when you get to like when they go out to that like Indian restaurant and she's getting free desserts, just like okay, like uh, this do so. apparently apparently there was a deleted scene where um, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, like I, I forget the context, but she she like rescues this this like little girl from something, and Peter as Spider Man witnesses this, and um, and then like, when when he comes home, she's there and he tries to ask her what happened in her day, and she's just like oh you know nothing happened, so it's it's kind of like this. You kind of get a sense of, of this is where kind of Peter's sense of, of uh, like justice comes from in a certain way. I would have much preferred that scene yep. versus two scenes of people saying, oh, yeah, she's so hot. I, I will say I liked when she was helping Peter prepare for the date and stuff. It kind yes, of... I love that. That scene was great. That scene was... Although one thing, one thing, and this is something that I disliked in Amazing Spider-Man and in Civil War. She's your goddamn aunt, Peter. Don't just call her May. She's Aunt fucking May to yep. you, you piece of shit. Oh my god, thank you. You're 15 years old. When he gets to your 30s, maybe you can drop the aunt. But not fucking now, you piece of no, shit. No, he can never drop it. He's not allowed. <laughs> he's he's going to be grounded. Well, I mean, in Amazing Spider-Man, it's because he's the edgy teen, so he doesn't use the words like aunt. But in this one, it's like, yeah, he, he would probably use it. He'd probably call her aunt. I thought Liz Allen was also surprisingly weak for, like... Because, I mean, that's another, like, cornerstone of a Spider-Man universe is a love interest. And I get that that she's not supposed to be the love interest of this version of Spider-Man. But why have her in the movie as the supposed love interest if you're not going to do anything with her? Like, What do you su- mean? Because you get that amazing plot yeah. twist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I guess. I, yeah, I, I, I will agree. That was a great plot twist. But, like, there was no, there was really no chemistry there at all. No, I don't. Cause I, I, I think honestly, I, I think the filmmakers were like, I think they just threw it in there as an just because like it's well, for one, it's a Marvel movie, and these movies have to have a forced romance, and two, because as you said, the, the like relationship is such a big part of, of um, Peter Parker's life that I'm sure that's why they just threw it in there, and I'm sure that they were just like, let's just let's just use Liz Allen because she's you know she was a really relatively early character in, in the Spider-Man lore and never really became that serious. We can just use her in the first movie and save you know somebody else like maybe MJ for a later movie. Uh, to be fair, I think what it worked in this because they're playing it more off as like young teenage. Yeah. It's more like yeah. young teenage love, nothing too serious. 
instead of like There's really still, there would still be chemistry like if 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 it was if it's supposed to be awkward well like... it's awkward because he's also trying to hide the fact that he's spider-man and especially after he realizes that her, her dad is the vulture oh my god he realizes that her dad's the vulture in like the last like half hour of the movie like there's there's not much hiding from that Honestly, I think it says a lot more that despite how many times Peter ends up, like, ditching on her or, like, screwing things up, she's still, like, like around and she's still, like, around for him and, like, willing to give him, like, more chances. So I think that says I think that says a lot about, like... I'm not really sure that, like, that happens more than once. Well, no, it, it, it happens twice. It happens once in the party when he leaves after, like, two okay, minutes. but she doesn't make and... it... They don't... They make no reference to that until later on in the movie. They, yeah, but to be fair, though, that party, the whole point was Peter was supposed to bring Spider-Man there. It didn't happen. And then there was the bit where they're in, in Washington, and they're supposed to go swimming, and he doesn't turn up. And then at the, at the like, uh, smart person Olympic thing, he doesn't turn up for that either. And then at the homecoming, well, at least, he just ditches fair, her. Homecoming, at least he did turn up. <laughs> he was he was there for five seconds before he left. But like the other time, she just flat out just wasn't there. We well, was there at the party for two seconds. That isn't much better at a no, homecoming but at least, dance. You know, he picked her up. He gave her a you know that that fake flower thing, corsage. That's not, I don't know what the, I don't know what the fuck that is. It's in like every American prom movie. What the fuck is that thing? I got pizza on my prom night. Yeah, but Aaron, on your prom night, didn't you just stay home and masturbate? <laughs> I'm not hearing a no. <laughs> but yes, okay, so TJ, so um, we have we have Aunt May, crappy love interest. What else are your problems with it? Supporting cast. Uh, oh, Flash Thompson. I didn't like Flash Thompson this at all. You racist. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's it. You caught me. <laughs> What what about him? Was it because he wasn't just a big jock? I I I don't know. Cause like Flash is supposed to be too many people liked Peter in this movie. That's the problem. <laughs> like, well, to be to be to be fair, in the Amazing movies, we only ever really see Flash be a dick to Peter. Yeah. Like everyone else, no one no one else seemed to have a problem with him. Just Flash. Please, 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 call by his real name, Penis Parker. <laughs> Flash. Okay, so Flash is like. Flash is like captain of the basketball team. Flash has friends. But, like, you never have those contrasting moments. Because, like, you're supposed to have those moments where, like, you know, Flash is the cool guy. Flash is, like, you know, the most popular guy. And then Peter, like, one-ups him. And that's, like, what that's what causes all that tension between Flash and Peter. But there's really none of that in this movie. Because every time that Peter one's up him, he's already getting shit on by other characters. I th- I think it says I think it says a lot because they're going for a more not only a more modern like high school but also like this is like a smart school so there wouldn't re- so not only would there not be those kind of jocks but like there would be like that one kid who's just kind of an asshole who thinks he's better than like this one who like who who go to like there there are those people I I know them that will just go to their efforts to just go and be a dick to, like, just one person and will act like everyone loves them when in actuality no one actually likes them. Stefan, Stefan, why the fuck are you talking about me? I'm here, you piece of shit. (laughs) I will say, though, I will say, it it, it is an odd choice to go for the kind of intellectual bully when at every possible uh, stage Peter is shown to be better than Flash. Yep. So, so, I mean, like, in some regards, like Stefan says, I get why they didn't go for the big... You know, muscle-bound bully, but at least in 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 that regard, there's it's it's cliche and outdated, but you 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 get a you get an understanding of why Flash would pick on Peter in that regard. Again, like as as with TJ, I don't understand in this context what Flash has against Peter, rather than just maybe he's just just that Peter's smarter. But then, why would you constantly try and outprove Peter when Peter just you know makes you look like an idiot in every chance he gets? And the thing is that that's just how high school is. And may- maybe it's because that I'm, like, fairly fresh out of high school. Are you calling us old? You son of a bitch. <laughs> yes. 25 cents in a swear jar, Aaron. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like some sometimes 
people are just dicks just to be dicks, and there is no rhyme or reason. They just feel I, like I, if they can, I, I they will it. do it. I'm not saying so. that I didn't understand his motivation. I'm just saying that the character doesn't work in that context. The character has to have some redeeming qualities for then for then to have those moments where Peter shows him up to be that much more impactful. Which again, I will I will say one thing: the Amazing Spider-Man one did great was kind of Flash's arc because you see in the beginning he kind of beats up Peter, then there's a scene where Peter gets his spider powers and shows him up with the basketball, but then there's a there's a moment after Uncle Ben dies where you see Flash really try and reach out to Peter. So, like, you know, you, you do get this kind of sense that a Flash does have some resemblance of a heart. There's nothing like that. In fact, they, they outwardly make Flash cowardly in Homecoming. There's a moment where they're trapped in an elevator, and like, some of the students are trying to get out, and Flash is purposely trying to save their kind of, like, trophy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it, you know, it's a... It's a funny gag, and I mean, I, I laughed at it. But when you think about it, it's just like even even bully Flash Thompson wouldn't have been that cowardly to try and save a a, a trophy over one of his classmates. Absolutely. Well, uh, he did have a redeeming quality, though. He gave uh, Spider-Man his dad's car. Uh, no, Spider-Man took that car. If, <laughs> if you remember correctly, yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like well, he asked, I was... and he gave it. What that well, that was a total missed opportunity to have like a um a classic. The like, Flash loves Spider Man exactly. Because Flash is Spider Man's biggest fan. When he jumped on that car, I was like, Flash is gonna give him the car because he's like, yes, Spider Man, you can have my dad's car. Yeah, but no, he took it by force, and that was a total missed opportunity. Which, which again, which is you know the the two. Because Flash Thompson is is really not that that kind of uh, deep of a character. Kind of at least in the beginning, he he had two character traits. He was a bully to Peter Parker, and he loved Spider Man. And and again, I think that Homecoming had had a few opportunities because Flash and Spider Man meet a few times, and they 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 never they never go for that Flash love Spider Man angle once. Nope. Which again the which the the Sam Raimi trilogy we never saw Flash never we never saw Flash after high school and Flash never had interaction with Spider Man so what have you? Um, I think in the Amazing Spider Man they subtly do it where Flash kind of has some Spider Man t shirt. I think Flash has a, has a like, at the very at the very end he's like wearing a Spider Man t shirt. Which again it, it's so you know in that regard the Amazing and again Flash Thompson is a, is a relatively small character in the in the kind of lore of Spider Man but the Amazing series got him the best. Although whether anyone cares about that is, is another thing, but I just want my Agent Venom movie. <laughs> Shut up! I, it, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But Flash Thompson as Venom is like the most interesting he's ever been, and the most interesting Venom's ever. What about Mac Gargan? Yeah, we need Scorpion as Venom again. Scorpion's in this movie. That's the other thing that, that I really hated. How it was like it was like hey. That's the scorpion because he's got a scorpion tattoo on his neck. Do you see that the, was so do, dumb. Do you see, do you, that... Hey, Gareth, did you see the? Did you see the scorpion <laughs> tattoo? It was right there. It's a reference. Get it? You know, you know, it's you know, a you reference. Know what's you know what's funny though when that when that scene happened because I, I saw it with a friend and um, I, I I forget the exact context but before you see his face they called him by his name Mac Gargan so I kind of let out a little huh. Noise and my friend was like, "What does that mean?" I was like, "Oh, he means you know, he's like he's he's a scorpion." But as I'm saying that, the character turns around. There's just a giant fucking scorpion tattoo on his neck. Like that's the most unsubtle thing. I mean, that, that's that's like if if in Spider-Man Two, Doctor like Otto Octavius had a pet octopus. <laughs> you know, it's like the stupidest thing ever. Like, why would you so dumb? It's it's so dumb. Okay, I want a movie where Doc Ock has a pet octopus. That's a doctor. <laughs> Octopus. Doctor. <laughs> yes. Nobody suspects a thing. Is aren't there some versions of the scorpion that he does? At least the ultimate scorpion has a scorpion tattoo. I yeah, I get it, but it's not subtle. It's it's. I mean, uh, some something like something like that can work better in a comic book. I I feel because generally with especially with something as big as Spider Man, you you know that if they're kind of laying a character like that, there's a, there's a good chance there'll be some kind of payoff. Shoehorning him into a movie like this just reeks of we're building a world. Which which if you remember, we're doing back to a Amazing sequel. Sp- 
Would you want to see? You know, if you remember back to Amazing Spider-Man Two, they tried that shit, where they basically laid out the entire Sinister Six, and that went fucking nowhere. That 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 that, that is why I mean, I, and yes, it, it it is a very small point, but as TJ said, the kind of giant scorpion tattoo is just really fucking dumb and obvious. It just to me, it it just kind of reeks of bad production design. I just yeah, be like you said, it is such a small thing. Yeah, and I mean like I mean like the like he's he's even like he's the fifth like of all the villains in the movie. He's like number five or number six technically. Which also so yeah, weird, weird thing, TJ. I'm not sure if this is on your list, but why the fuck did we need two shockers for? Um, so I I didn't catch this, but apparently the other guy was Montana. What? What? Yeah, the one the one who died was Montana. So people are suspecting that that is a intentional reference to um, Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah, where the, it was like there was the reverse. Because what's the shocker's real name like? Herman Schultz. Herman Schultz. And so was was the character who who was given the shocker gear? Is he? Is he yeah, is that, he that was Herman, okay. he was Herman Schultz. Okay. He was Herman something. Because like the shocker had no personality. At least, the f- at least the first guy Montana had some. He was like kind of like crazy and unhinged. The second guy was just bland as shit. He had no personality. That's another thing that's that, that irritated me is that like you you have this he like ne- so full thing. We're going into spoilers like if we haven't already. But um, I get that that scene where he kills Montana is supposed to be like you know. He didn't mean to. Where he's go well, number one, he doesn't mean to, so you can't use that as an excuse where it's like, oh, that's when the vulture like goes over the edge, because he didn't. But he all he also shoves it off, so that's the kind of thing. It's like both use as a joke is like, oh, I didn't, I didn't mean to, but he also shrugs it off, like, oh well. So it's kind of like a both like trying to have it both. Ways. I thought it was the anti gravity gun. So you just have a different character take the same place that that guy already had. When you could have used both characters as like very like low key like D list Spider Man villains, like he could have been he could have been the Beetle with the yeah. with the terrible with, with having the guy supposed to be the terrible Tinkerer, the Vulture, the Shocker. Like you could have had another D list villain be on the table and not just like kill kill that guy off. Well, it also it also makes no sense because because you could you could remove the scene. Where he kills the guy, keep the first guy in, in the shock again, and nothing changes in the movie. Absolutely. Like nothing, nothing is gained aside from the fact that, again, we see Adrian Toomes kind of kill someone by accident. Nothing is really gained by the need by the use of two shockers. You know, it's just kind of like. Also, I just if, if there's a sequel, we better get a scene, like in the old '90s cartoon show. Where Spider-Man is—he's got the the symbiote suit on. He's filled with rage, and he's chasing after the Shocker, just screaming after him. Shocker, you can't escape me. (laughs) That is still the greatest Spider-Man scene in history. I do love that. I hope Jimmy Fox signs on for the sequel. Shut the fuck (laughs) up, Aaron. (laughs) Okay, so TJ, what 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 is is your is your last issue with the movie? Okay. Um biggest issue is the uh the ending i hate the ending, the ending. so much i knew i knew you were again we, we we've, we're already in spoilers but um if 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 you, you've seen the trailers it should be you should be uh, able to make out that at some point in the movie tony stark takes away the uh high-tech spider-man outfit that's that's another but, thing that I, I i don't like that he's like iron man light I, I, same, same here. I, I hated that. I, I actively, I was like, I don't like this one little bit. It's, it's, it's dumb. It's, it's on Spider-Man. And I'm, I'm sure, sure Stefan is about to pull out some reference to a comic book that did it once, twelve years ago. In, but it just, it's completely on Spider-Man for him to have this high-tech suit with a fucking Jarvis in there. I mean, like, I get on some respect, I, I get why because you know, um, Spider-Man in the books, you know, he's normally always thinking to himself. But he can't really. That doesn't work in. A modern comic movie, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure the reason why they gave him this robot voice was to have someone to bounce ideas off of, and it had a few cute little moments of comedy, like when um, he's about to speak to Liz Allen, and the robot voice is like, "Kiss her, Peter, kiss her." Like, you know, there's a few nice little moments, but ultimately, I would have much preferred if that was just completely removed. But anyway, yep. yeah, Tony Stark takes away the suit, so he has to take down the Vulture in his crappy homemade outfit, which we saw slightly in Civil War. 
And then at the end of the movie, when Tony Stark offers him a chance to join the Avengers with some kind of like newfangled Iron Spider yes. armor, which, which I believe is from the books as well. That's from Civil War. Civil War. Um, but Peter turns that down, goes back home, and he finds um, his his uh, his Civil War outfit. He's kind of his main um, new outfit. Um, and he's putting it back on, and it uh, ends with him in his bedroom. He's just taking off his mask, and the camera slightly pans around, and you see Aunt May, and uh, she just screams, What the f-? And it cuts the credits. See, I love that part, though, where she screams, What the f-? You know, what the f-? Credits. I mean, it's the, the thing. The, the thing is, the ending. It's it's very similar to how they ended Iron Man one. <laughs> I am Iron Man, which just which just further proves the point of Iron Man light. They've essentially the last some of the last few Marvel movies have been Iron Man light because Doctor Strange was just Iron Man with magic. Yep, and this is just Iron. This is just young Iron Man. I I know people that would. Uh friends that have kids that if they discover that their kid was spider-man that's exactly how they would react i thought that was i don't care it's not the it's not the fact that how she reacted i don't care about that i care that we essentially have wasted this universe's opportunity to have those awkward moments or additional awkward moments where Peter's like they're they're like where did you go and he's just like I I, I don't that know. only goes so far though there's only so many times they also you can do did that. it for years well Aaron, Aaron yes yes but to be fair they they didn't really do that at all with May in this movie yep. I think that there's one scene where he comes home late and she's like where were you and he's like I was detained and it's like they don't really make make a thing out of it I mean that that's something where um. The, the Raimi movies, I think specifically Spider-Man 1, I think, did, did a pretty good, decent job of Peter being late to things and having to come up with, with excuses and shit like that. Absolutely. Um, but uh, it's just, I mean, it, it, it's kind of weird, though, because the fact that, you know, he in, in both movies, Homecoming and Civil War, he makes a point to say, we can't tell Aunt May because she won't let, you know, she, you know, she won't let me go if she knows what I'm doing. It just it's just kinda of weird that we're led to believe that you know, that Art May won't let him go out and just fight crime in New York when Spider Man's next appearance he's gonna be fighting for the fucking infinity gauntlet with Thanos. You know, uh, I don't really see how Art May is gonna let him go do that. That doesn't really make any sense to me. I just it there's so many things in this movie that they they're just like so the reason I hate it so much is because there's there are certain things that are important to me in regards to Spider-Man, and this movie just kind wind of wind turbines. Th- this movie just kind of writes it off as not being important. That that seems to be what I noticed is like the most critical people about this movie, like the most critical that people are about this movie is that they change a lot of things. Like they 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 really change a lot of things about Spider-Man. It's like it's not like this version. It's not like the Sam Raimi version. It's not like this version. But most of the people that like it are like. I like all the different changes. Which, which again, to, to be fair, after five movies, you have to change it. Like, I mean, if, if this movie would have just been, you know, if this Spider-Man had just acted just like either Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire, it'd be kind of like, what was the point? You know, like, so so on one hand, I completely understand why uh, Marvel slash Sony have, have decided to make all these changes. But um, again, it, it's, it's I'm kind of in the middle because I I, I can really understand where you know Stefan isn't bothered by him, but then as Tita said, they're changing so much about like the core identity of Spider-Man. It's also just it's just like why would you why would you waste the Art May reveal in movie one? Like that's something where it it's because he he's only been Spider-Man for a little while. I think you know you think you'd want to you'd want to save that for a bit longer. That is literally my favorite issue of Spider-Man throughout the years. When she when she comes home, when and Peter Parker is just like beaten to death in bed. Yep, and she's she's holding his like tattered costume in her hands. It's great because I love it in like the first issue. First, she's angry. She's just like angry at Peter, but then I I, I forget the reason. But she has a change of heart. And then she just starts like messaging the Daily Bugle to have them to stop they, writing such mean things about Spider Man. It's there's great. There's an issue where they literally the the whole entire issue is them just talking it out. And that's when she has the change of heart. So the issue after that is when she's like writing the Daily Bugle, and she's like, "I don't care for your coverage, your biased coverage of Spider-Man." And that—that that is exactly what any like loving parent would do. I love that. That's such a great moment. Yep. 
That was J. Michael Straczynski, right? Yep. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think I have that issue traded, but it doesn't matter because this Aunt May's got boobs. You don't need that. I, it's fine. She's I, all... I gave you. I think I gave you that uh, issue. I think. I think you did. Yeah. I think. I, I remember reading that. I remember just loving that. That's, 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 that's a good idea. That's a good. I, idea. I think. I think that that perfectly encapsulates what this new Spider-Man is. Is that at the end of the first movie, this big reveal that it was in the comics is a is a last minute throwaway gag. Like I think that that kind of purpose per, perfect perfectly encapsulates what this kind of new Spider-Man is. Is total garbage. <laughs> That's in your opinion. I just wanted J. Jonah Jameson. There, they won't. They're, they're not. There's not going to be. You know what sucks though? So, so a while ago, a while ago, in in the in the Sony leaks, it was leaked that they were working on, on a new movie with with uh, with um, Marvel, which which was going to feature the Vulture and the Scorpion, which both appeared. Um, and apparently, J. John J. John Jameson was going to be in the movie, played by Hugh Laurie. And I was like, "That's fucking brilliant." Yep. House as Jameson, like if it was nothing. J.K. Simmons was perfect. I, I, you know, I actually have issues with the way he was written in two and three because kind of like Flash Thompson, they kind of completely ignore the kind of jerk with a heart of gold aspect Jameson has. Um, in two and three, but like J.K. Simmons played that role to perfection. The only, the only other person I think who could come close is Hugh Laurie. Because I think in terms of the look, the way he acts, that he would be would be a fucking amazing Jameson. I, I will throw a third name out there. TJ's going to... Uh, honestly, you all three may totally hate me for this. What would do? But I'm going to... Oh, okay. Well, specifically for this reason, you're going to hate me more. But I wouldn't, I, I'm going to say Ice Cube. He could do a good J. Jonah Jameson. Hang up the call. <laughs> Hang up the call. <laughs> <laughs> you only say that because of 21 Jump Street. <laughs> Well, no, I. You know, well, see, see, the thing is, I, I, I like if, if, if you, if you were gonna go, if you were gonna go with a completely comedic, over the top, angry all the time, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I can see pro- that too. Ice, Ice Cube probably could pull the like, like you know, uh, he's he basically plays that role in the Twenty One Jump Street movies, and he's fucking hilarious in it. In that regard, I could, I could see that. Um. But you know, I, I honestly haven't seen enough of Ice Cube's acting um, to know if he could put off the kind of jerk of a heart of gold because he's just a jerk in the Twenty One Jump Street movies. But you know, for, for pure comedic value, I could, I could, I could actually see that. Okay, so I okay, I have these two points are kind of one and the same, but they they the they weren't they weren't so much a part of the movie that it's it's. The movie combined with um, things that I've read in like interviews after the fact. So number one, Gareth and I already talked about this. So at the very tail end of the movie, they reveal that this other classmate they have, this other female classmate that's not Liz Allen, who's 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 just been kind of shitting on Peter the entire movie. Yeah, Michelle Jones. Michelle Jones, who her friends call her MJ, even though she has none. Okay. So, apparently, in in the same case where James Gunn came out after um, Guardians 2, and where everybody was like, oh, the teenage Groot was so great, and then James Gunn was um, like... I, actually, he's not teenage Groot, he's adolescent Groot. <laughs> yeah, essentially, Kevin Feige came out and was like, um, just because she called herself MJ doesn't mean she's um, this universe's Mary Jane. There's going to be a Mary Jane uh, um, uh, later on. Blaze it. Well, I, I don't think I don't think he said that there is going to be a Mary Jane after. He was like, there could be, there couldn't be. I don't know. I just think it's kind of a, it, it's just kind of a dumb, misleading thing to make a big deal out of her nickname being MJ if she's not going to be Mary Jane. Big dumb misleading. That's the entire MCU summed up in three words. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He's right. They basically just copied Dark Knight Rises. Only this makes more sense than in that. Uh, no, not really, because the the reveal the the reveal. What kind of person's name would be Robin? Oh, see, I thought I thought I thought you, you were referring to the Talia Al Ghul. No, I was real. saying like the whole MJ and like the her. I was like, oh, my friend's on me MJ, and then where John Blake's like, oh, you should go by your first your first name, Robin. 
It's like th- th- that's dumb. Well, to be fair, at, at least at least in Dark Knight Rises, he you know you could make the case where John Blake kind of acted like a Robin. He was kind of Batman psychic throughout the movie, yeah. kind of. In this version, kind of, kind, kind of. The thing is, after after Minty spoke about this, and and my response was to him was, um, you know, it's it's. What's what's the, what's the, what, what's more important? How a character acts, or what what the name of the character is? If this is this um, universe's Mary Jane, um, it, you know, maybe not, maybe not in exact name, but if this is for intents and purposes going to be Peter's main love interest going forward, um, she she's very different to her previous MJ's, and well, she's very different to either Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy. So in that regard, I liked it. It's nothing new. I thought she was I thought she was charming. I liked a lot of her dialogue. I liked the fact that she just did not give a fuck about anything. I, I kind of found that appealing. Although, again, to kind of agree with TJ slightly, uh, what is the you know, what is the point of, of evoking the biggest love interest name in Spider-Man's history if your response is just going to be like, well, it, it, you know, it probably isn't her. It's like, that's kind of a, why waste our time then? I think there's like, I think the, what is it, uh, problems outside, like through interviews and like talk about that is kind of like there are different problems than what's actually inside the movie. Like how it's executed in the movie itself is fine, but like, yeah, in, in the future it could be a problem if they screw something up or decide to like change something around, but at the moment, yeah. I mean, also, also, just the thing is, there are other love interests of Peter Parker they could have used. I mean, you know, we had Mary Jane, Gwen Stacy, Liz Allen was used in here. But I mean, like, it's it, it's a it's it's a Betty Brant is in this movie. Is it, it, yeah, yep. I was gonna say that in, in, in a blink and you'll miss it. She is in this movie, which I always thought Betty was meant to be older than Peter. Yeah, she is. She was, but they uh, and also Cindy Moon is in this movie. Uh, I must plead ignorance. Silk. I am Silk. Oh, oh. Silk. Who gives a fuck if Silk's in here? What a, what a dumb character. When was Silk in the movie? She's the a, the Asian girl on uh, his decathlon team. Uh, that's okay. Oh, that's okay. It, it, it's just a small thing, but it's like, oh, okay, that that's something. Yeah, that's, that's you know. They... Oh, boy, I can't. I, I really can't wait for the sequel when she gets her powers, and I, all I did was fuck the entire movie, because that never got boring after a while, did it? The Silk book is good, but her in the Spider-Man book, she was not good. Yeah, I, I actively hated her in in that run. <laughs> that was it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Um, you know what? Just because we didn't really get into it, I know we probably should have started with this. But um, Aaron, Stefan, general thoughts on the movie and where you would place it in in the MCU? Okay, it was definitely I would say above average. I would need to really rethink of all the MCU movies to find its place. So I'll say top 10. Uh, I'll give myself some leeway there, but uh, I'll put it above Doctor Strange, above Incredible Hulk, above Thor the Dark World and Age of Ultron. <laughs> you put it above Thor the Dark with all what high praise that uh, is. Yeah. <laughs> Not as bad as Thor the Dark World, uh, but I, I would say top 10. Right. Yeah. For, for me, I really enjoyed it. I like. I thought it was charming. It was charming as all hell. I thought it did a lot of the new things it did. I thought executed really well. I I loved loved Tom Holland in this. Michael Keaton was amazing. It's just that them both whenever they're on screen, which is like whenever, which is basically which ends up being basically the whole movie. It's just they they just they work really they're both really well like perform performance wise and i like their interactions with all the characters i thought it was an interesting take on the story and overall i would probably put it <laughs> i have a like a list that i did and it's uh it's number not, number 7 on my list so right in the middle hmm. yeah um i i would i would rank it at a solid b minus you know decent movie had some issues with it i will say again uh, I, I never in a million years would have thought they would have ever made the Vulture a good villain and one of the best villains in a comic book movie. Because, well, I mean, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Two made Doc Ock, and before that, he wasn't really the best. Doc Ock, what, you, mean, he, what are you talking he's always, about? He's always been one of he's always been one of Spider-Man's best villains. What are you talking about, you fool? But he hasn't been like at that level as like complex. I, well, I have as no idea what in... you're talking about. 
this just proves that whenever you try and reference comic books, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I think that's that's why you liked this movie so much is because like modern Spider-Man and the Spider-Man universe, which stuff is, is stuff that you love, is fundamentally different than the stuff that I love. He likes a Spider-Man with black eyes. <laughs> I love spectacular Spider-Man. Stan, Stan Lee has gone on record saying he thinks Doctor Octopus is Spider-Man's greatest villain. Are you going against Spider-Man's creator, Stefan? Then shut up, then. Um, I but, prefer yeah, Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham. Peter, Peter Porker. Um, I will say that I think the the twist where, where Peter goes to pick up Liz Allen and the vulture opens the door and never... Like, you know, I don't want to... I think, uh, Stefan, you may agree with this because we've, you know, because I, I, I don't want to sound like a pretentious prick here, but because I, I studied film for a while, a lot of times I can see twists coming, especially in like cliche comic book movies. I didn't fucking see that twist coming at all. That, 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 that was a really well executed twist. Yeah. Um, I, I, and the funny thing is, one of the things that made me not realize it coming, because before the movie came out, there was a rumor that, Michelle was the vultures, the daughter, but then it was yes. like quickly debunked. So I'm like, oh, it's probably nothing. And then that's like, oh no, he actually does have a daughter. But then, well, one of my favorite scenes is because obviously Peter recognizes the vulture straight away. But what I like is that the vulture's not a moron. Just because of a few things Liz Allen has said, the vulture's able to piece together that Peter is Spider-Man, and, and I love that touch. I thought, yeah. I thought that, that, was, that, that was such a good touch, the fact that, you know, and also the, the Vulture has a fairly compelling, I mean, like, he, he, does, he does crime, he, he steals some people, he's even done a, a bit of murder, he threatens to murder Peter and everyone in his family, but he's doing it from a place of he wants to protect his family, both literal and just the, the crew he's worked with for years, so he kind of, unlike your, unlike some other villains, like, like you know, uh, Rodan the Destroyer, who just want powerful and like, incredibly fucking bland, this guy actually has, you know, an element of a heart, and also to to go into little thing in the in the ending credit sequence because there was a moment early on where um, the, the the vulture basically says you saved my daughter in in DC and you know I, I can never repay you for that so I'm, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a chance to just leave me be and I won't you know I won't come after you then obviously after Spider Man. Um, that defeats him, which also one point I also I, I did think the final fight was a bit weak. I would have liked a bit more of a prolonged battle. So kind of just like Vulture punched him twice, Spider-Man punched him once, and then, and then the fight was over. I was expecting more of an actual battle between those two, but um, there's a sequence the, the mid-credit teaser is essentially Scorpion and Vulture meet him in prison, and Scorpion is basically in a, in a not too subtle hint to a to Sinister Six says I I, I have some friends on the outside. Who want to kill Spider-Man, but rumor has it you know who he is, and the Vulture just says, "If I knew who he was, he'd already be dead." Which again, it's a very thing which a lot of people I've I've seen are deciding, you know, because that that's just Adrian Toomes, you know, Spider-Man. Peter Parker rescued his his uh, his daughter, and then himself, and in, in a kind of very the the, the least, kind of like the least he could do for this kid, he's protecting his identity, and just just things like that just make Vulture. Just compelling, a lot, more co- a lot more compelling, and a lot more complex than the average bland. I just want power, or, or I want to kill people, Marvel villain. And so, in that regard, although to be fair, he did use Ronan. I think Ronan only works in that regard because the Guardians were so out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and again, I think as you said, and even James Gunn said, because they were introducing so much new stuff, they did need a kind of bland villain. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, just looking at things like. Uh, Doctor Strange or Ant-Man or both Thor movies. It's like that X-Men Forget-Me-Not that's always there, but Xavier, but no one remembers that he's there. That's me with uh, the villain from Thor of the Dark World. What's his foot? Malkith. Malkith. Doctor Who. <laughs> Doctor Who. But it is, it is. It's, it's, it's Chris Eccleston. And David Tennant's the Purple Man. Yeah. It all oh. fits. We so we need we need uh we need what's his face. Well, Matt Smith. Matt Smith was already the bad guy in Terminator Genesis. So I, I don't think we'll see him in the MCU anytime soon. We need Peter Capaldi. <laughs> Peter Capaldi could have been a pretty good older Doctor Strange. I, I I think honestly, Vulture is probably. I think Loki is probably still the best, just because he's had three movies of development. To like to like for us to like to like him and Tom Hiddleston is just so charming. But Vulture probably is like the right up there as the best Marvel movie villain. Oh, Vulture is 
I know it's not saying, yeah, it's not saying, it's much. Not saying much, but it's like <laughs> still. He's, he's easily in the top five or three. I would say Marvel villains. Top three, because I would say him, Ego, and I, I guess Loki, even though I find him overrated, but he's still the best they got out of the very bad pool. <laughs> I'd like that. I like Ultron. I I know I, I I'm kind of I, I know I'm kind of in the minority, but I thought Ultron he had kid personality, which most Marvel villains don't. What about Obadiah Stane? He he was he was fine before he put on the suit. Yeah, and then he just became shouty angry man. <laughs> yeah, but he's shouty angry man played by Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Gareth, do the line. What? What? <laughs> Tony Stark made this with a box of scraps. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think I think that 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 is my second favorite line in the whole MCU. My my favorite line is of course in Thor when Oscar winner Anthony Hopkins utters the immortal. <laughs> and now Anthony Hopkins has a dog. <laughs> and still more dignified than Transformers the last night. It's true. It, it was. Like, but what Marvel villains need to, like, because there are three main things that, like, most, like, villains, or, like, specifically Marvel villains, like, either nail or don't. It's performance, characterization, and motive. And, like, someone, someone like Ego, Vult- Ego Vulture, Loki, they nail all three. Then you have someone's, like... Uh, Ego, like, say, Ego, Ego does some stupid shit. Ego does some stupid shit. I, you know, I think Ego loses points to me for a spoiler alert if you haven't seen Guardians 2. Eagle loses major points for me for just blurting out the fact that he gave Star Lord's mother a brain tumor. That is like the stupidest fucking thing you could do. He also has a massive ego. <laughs> the, diff- the difference is though is that that you know I, I know it, it's his name, but that character trait is never really explored in the movie. If, if if they had made more of a thing of that, he has his own fucking planet. What more does he need to do? Well, his whole thing is that he wants to consume the universe because he thinks he's better than everyone. True, but in 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 the way he he interacts with people, he doesn't show that. I mean, I mean, yes, if you look at if you look at the fact that he's he's conniving, he's tricking them. It's, he has it's to not tricking trust. them to just to just go to Peter Quill. Yeah, I, I killed your mother. Now let let's let's do some shit together, son. Well, this is after give, introducing him to his power. It's lazy screenwriting, although what else can we expect from James Gunn? <laughs> Don't make me get him on Twitter yelling at you again. <laughs> the bechamel test broke new ground! <laughs> <laughs> and this female's talking forever! Wait, what are you talking about? I'm talking about he made a perfect white sauce. <laughs> the bechamel Thanos, test. Thanos. Thanos, 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 Thanos. <laughs> okay, so so TJ, uh, I I know you've said you've hated it, but where would where would you rank it then in the MCU? Because I I would rank it probably in the middle myself. I would say lower fourth, like the bottom fourth. Now, where would you rank Iron Man two? Well, that I, I what something is I think is funny is that every single MCU ranking list, the bottom four is always Iron Man two, Hulk, Thor one, and Thor two. Like, not in that, or, like, in, like, a different order, but that's always the bottom four. Not on my list. <laughs> that's why I no, said TJ, it. TJ's list is, like, Thor 2 is the, is that, no, it's, like, Iron Man 2 is, like, his number three movie. More, better than Iron Man 3? Better than Iron Man 1? What's the matter with you? Iron Man 3 is, like, way low on my list. You're a fucking idiot, TJ. I, I, I regret ever making love to you. So, you know, TJ, just, just to round this up, and if you have it available... Why don't you, and just so the rest of us can laugh at you, why don't you round off then from worst to best your MCU list? Alright, let me just, uh, let me add... Let me just work out some fucking equations in this shit. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, let me add Spider-Man to this. <laughs> just add the bottom, I hate this movie. He's got a list like me. Okay, here we go. Um, Doctor, Sh- this is going from worst to best. Doctor Strange. I, I still don't get that. I still don't get that. I actually kind of get it because everyone was like, this is so amazing. And I was kind of like, it, it's just Iron Man. Now, I wouldn't say it's worse than Thor, but it's... It's still better than both Thor movies yeah. and Iron Man 2. Oh, Mamu, I've come to That scene's awesome. That scene's amazing. That's a gene. That scene is brilliant. 
That's like top five scenes in the whole MCU. Okay, Iron Man 3. <laughs> what the fuck? That's fair. What the fuck? No, that's not fair. Iron Man 3? That sucked. Oh my god, Aaron. Ooh, they changed the Mandarin. Oh, he's not in the suit the whole time. They, okay, okay, yeah. They they completely got rid of... They, they it's, it's this stupid MCU thing... Where they're like, we can't do things that are like goofy, or like we, it's they can't make the goofy things cool, so they make the they they keep the goofy things a joke. TJ, I th- I think it's more along the lines of the the Mandarin is borderline racist in today's day and age, which is why they changed that one. Well, I get that, yes, um, but the 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 idea that they were going with, and then they have that scene that reveals where the Mandarin is just a joke, like they didn't need to do that. I love that scene, though, man. Although, isn't there, although to, to be fair, isn't there one of the Marvel one-shots where they kind of imply there is actually a Mandarin in the MCU? There is, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of like a, oh, there is still a Mandarin. It's not, like, maybe maybe he'll show up, but it's like, no, that, he's not going to show up. And they also put Aldrich Killian in the movie, and he didn't become MODOK, so uh, automatic fail from me. I just I just know Aldrich Killian from killing himself at the beginning of Extremis. Okay, next one, Thor. Okay, fair. Fair. Okay. Uh, next one, Incredible Hulk. Fair. Yeah. Then Spider-Man Homecoming. You're an idiot. Uh, Ant-Man. No, I actually think Ant-Man was probably one of my favorite origin stories. Yeah, you know, I would, I would agree. I actually, I, I like that man probably a bit better than Spider-Man. Uh, next one, Guardians of the Galaxy two. Uh, no. Yeah. I, I think it's better than the first. You're wrong, but that's fine. Next one, Iron Man. You're an idiot. God, I hate you, Jay. <laughs> um, after after watching it, I'm 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 gonna move this up. So uh, after Iron Man is Guardians of the Galaxy, then uh, Thor: The Dark World. You're a you fucking think Thor idiot. The Dark World is better than Guardians. What? God. TJ. <laughs> what? TJ. I mean, I mean, it has a cool ending battle scene. I, I but... like all the personal stuff. With uh, Thor in that movie, like if it thinks so bad, my, my, my favorite scene in the MCU is that scene where uh, they come and tell Loki that um, their mother died, and then the facade comes down, and that he's like a complete wreck and not not fine with it. Yes, but TJ, you also have to deal with several scenes of Stellan Skarsgård acting insane for no good reason, <laughs> and and Kat, and Kat Dennings wacky comedy with her with her intern. And Skyler. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. No joke. I, I, I saw that movie with Mikonos fan. And I think at different points, both of us turned was like, is that, is that fucking Skyler? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Uh, okay. Um, then it'd be Avengers. From, from, yeah, from after rewatching it with Gareth, uh, after he had his back surgery, I was like, okay, this movie's a little better than I remember. Yeah, I like Avengers. I think I just I, I think I just had fatigue because um when I first saw the Avengers, it was just like Oh my god This is the greatest film ever made Well no, I, Avengers Avengers is a movie that has a lot of shit wrong. Um it, it is a is a movie yes. that it has a lot of um script issues and just uh, a very long chunks of nothing happening. Yeah. However it is it is it, it is a movie where and and I I often I often don't fall for this but in certain cases I will it is a movie where the kind of it it is a case of style over substance that kind of works for me just because at that point it was you know the, the Avengers was a big fucking thing the fact that you know they they had this six movies and then all these characters meeting up for the first time and you know the final battle in New York is still I think one of the the better uh, endings of a comic movie. Um, and so in that regard, I I, I kind of I can I can kind of overlook the the flaws in Avengers where when you get to Ultron, then yeah. when it's a bit then it gets to be like eh, not so much on the second time round, but good try, good try. Well, then you're in luck because next is Avengers: Age of Ultron. <laughs> I I agree. Well, there there are at points when I think Age of Ultron is better than the first Avengers because it does so does so much of it so much better. And like fixes all of the problems and does some really great and interesting things, but then there are other times when it's like Hulk and Black Widow. Why was this here for? No, I'm more so talking about Thor's magic. 
uh, future. And unfortunately, with that, though, that that was that was what Marvel forced on Whedon. Yeah, that that was yeah. There was and and there was also more of that, which kind of had it make more sense, rather than just a oh, fucking Infinity Stones. I'm gonna go look from now. Bye. So what happened to Liv Taylor? Is that her character in The Incredible Hulk? Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. Oh, Betty. Betty. <laughs> Betty. Um, uh, no, no, you know, I, I think it, it may be a, um, it may be a contract thing where they don't want to bring her back. Um, well, they, they brought back Thunderbolt Ross. They did, they did, but War. I think, uh, you know, I, there's just no reason because like Hulk's off in space now and they're not making any Hulk movies. Yes, so. thanks to, thanks to Universal that there will never be a solo Hulk movie. So I doubt they'll really play into any type of romance about it, because I think, I think, um, I am, Scott Johansson kind of confirmed that there's, you know, the kind of love angles can been dropped now in the Avengers movies, um, so we probably, they probably won't need it, and, you know, we don't really need any more pointless forced romances in these movies, so I'm good with her not coming. Uh, I, mean, I love her as an, I, I love her as an actress, but, you know, I don't think we need her in the MCU. No, you mean like forced, forced romantic plots, like Pepper coming out of nowhere? Which, yeah, you know, that made no sense because in Civil War, they implied they'd broken up. And then now and then in this one, which, which, which I know exactly why they did that, because Marvel, being the cheap fuckers they are, did not want to pay Gwyneth Paltrow her high fee. And so because Sony is paying for all of Spider-Man, they put her in the script for that. <laughs> and, they, and they gave her, like, fourth top billing in the credits. Which, well, in, 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 to be fair, in terms of the named actors, she probably is that. Um, but also, also one, 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 one quick thing, TJ, also, but you know, the, the continuity between this and Civil War annoyed me because the start of the movie takes place like the day after Civil War. And, and as we see at the ending credit sequence of Civil War, Peter has a giant black eye from the fight in, in Germany. Belgium, wasn't it? But, no, Berlin, I think it was, either way, some foreign country, you know, he comes home with a black eye. In Homecoming, when he when he's returned home by Tony Stark, who shouldn't be there, because he should really be in the fucking uh, ocean jail where the Avengers are being held, he has no black eye. So it's, it's, it's small things like that, you know, unless you're you know, sure, fucking loser like me who cares about that shit. I'm sure most people didn't even realize it, but just small things like that. It was just like that doesn't add up, doesn't doesn't track. What what drove what drove me insane was the whole like where they're like, oh, the beginning of movie with the Battle of New York, and then they're like eight years later. What it's like? Wait, that doesn't make any sense. I quickly want to state that uh, Tony did say they were taking time apart, him and uh, Pepper. So. They- they 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 did, but they it, it it is kind of it is kind of a big leap to be like you know that the last time we heard of her they were taking a break and now he plans to propose. I think he was doing that for media purposes. Well, no, because he also happy happy's had the ring for a while, so Tony's obviously had this idea. But it's just you know it it was a fun little gag. It just again just wasn't the strongest continuity between these movies, and that's one of the things that. I, I kind of I I enjoy the most whenever when, when, when there's a really good continuity reference. That kind of shit is the stuff I I enjoy the most out about the MCU, and it's just when they kind of fumble a bit because I think I think Kevin Feige had said that originally they they went into Phase Three not planning on Spider Man, so like this movie was kind of added as soon as they got the the rights back. They were like fuck a Spider Man movie straight away. Yeah, because they had to put they had to push back Black Panther and Captain Marvel a year both. At that point, it's like, why not just just have Spider-Man come out later? That way, you can work on, but that way you can work on things a bit more and have. Because I don't, I don't think the script is that great. This movie, like the storyline, is kind of, eh. But you know, you could have had maybe if you had a bit more time, you could have done something a bit, a uh, bit, bit better in a way. That that's what happens when you have six screenwriters. Which I, I will say though, for a movie with six screenwriters, this is one of the most coherent. Uh, movies I've ever seen with that many screenwriters. It, it is it is surprising. It's as good as it is with that many screenwriters. All right, hold on. Before we before we move on, I, I have four more movies I gotta go through. Oh, of course, yeah, sure, man. Civil War, Iron Man two. God, no. Uh, First Avenger, and then wait, wait, wait. First Avenger is your second favorite? Hell yeah, dude! First Avenger is awesome. It's a fun movie, but it's it's. It's not bad. No, that's wrong. Winter Soldier, I can give you, because that movie is perhaps, I think, maybe my favorite, too. 
Winter, I, I will say Winter Soldier. I think is is act is is the best movie yeah. the MCU has ever made. But my my heart will always belong to Iron Man one. That that is that's that's just the most fun movie I think the MCU has made. But I, Iron Man one's one of their best that they've ever made, which is amazing considering that movie had no had script. script and it was constantly being rewritten. I mean, like originally there's there's some behind the scenes footage of Iron Man one. Where like the Mandarin, it was like a character. Well, like well, like that they're on the set, um, uh, like filming shit, and like Jarvis saying lines like we've received the package from from the Mandarin, sir. So like that shit was just you know crazy shit was happening behind the scenes of that movie. When I was rewatching it, I noticed that the uh, the people that kidnapped Tony had the Ten Rings flag. The Ten Rings, yeah. Right. Well, because they are the Ten Rings. Yeah. They're not referenced Think about it. as such, but yeah. Well, that was also back when they weren't trying to be too comic booky, like how they didn't actually call him the Iron Monger. So anyway, in conclusion, this movie was okay. TJ hated it because he's a fanboy and Aaron's a moron. Goodbye, everybody. So what's speed movie on the rankings? <laughs> that's, a, that's a special edition of the... Uh... Of the TJ MCU list. TJ, in, in, in correlation to B-Movie, where does Spider- <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming fit for you? Alright, Jareth, you're done. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for listening to this rambling f- fucked ward of a, of a Scarf Sanctuary podcast, and maybe we'll do some more film reviews of this uh, in the future. I've been FTA. I've been T-Bay. I've been Stefan. And I've been Aaron. And we'll see you on another podcast at some point, maybe in the future. Goodbye. Yeah. Prove you're smarter than a robot. Subscribe and leave a five-star review for this and other FTCR shows on Apple Podcasts. You boob. Yeah.